Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 2nd of November 2020. Our chat this week is largely about what's going on, because I've been on holiday. I needed to ask the boys what had happened, so largely we're going to cover most of the stuff. So it'll be very much price-based market report this morning. Let's start with feed wheat. The market has come off. We've been saying, I think, it's near the top or a place where it needs to have a little rest. So if you're selling feed wheat for spot movement, there's less buyers about than there were, so probably a value is about 182x, something in the region of that. Further forward, if you were selling it for any other month, you're probably about the same price all the way through. Arguably less than 182x for Jan, Feb, March. So it's a movable feast, and I see that market coming off in the short term. Milling premiums aren't really anywhere near where they should be at the moment. You aren't going to get a lot of life in the market pre-Christmas. It isn't going to drop out of bed, but it isn't going to have a lot of life in it. Feed barley, plenty of buyers, lots of boats. Plenty of barley out there to trade. As I've said in previous weeks, the malting barley market needs to buck its ideas up a bit. I mean, there's less demand. People don't know what the effect of COVID is going to be. So it's more of a sliding or less bullish market. But with the feed barley trading 140x, I think, you know, that's going to sort out all of the borderline stuff people were looking at previously. And that just leaves a few tons that will be fought over should someone come short into a molster. The biggest and most exciting conversation this week is actually about oilseed rape because, you know, there we were talking about our target and getting close to our target and what we're waiting for, etc., etc. Well, in traditional form, the, the rape market's decided to have a good old-fashioned kicking and our current price is 335 so it's kind of two steps forward and three steps back. I don't, again, see it falling out of bed forever, but it has had a significant fallback so i think i wouldn't sell it at these levels i think the thing will recover again but should it ever get to 350 then book it that's the point and i think uh, we've twice seen that and or got very close to it and people have not done it so there's our goal with that have a lovely week i understand the weather forecast when i recorded this looked quite promising so with that i hope the sun is shining thank you Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk.
And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week I've got with me Josh and Ben and I'm going to ask them all sorts of questions about the grain market because I've actually had my first day's holiday since January the 4th. Well done, Andrew. Thank you very much. What do you think about that, Josh? You're a martyr. Yeah. What's a martyr? <laughs> Nothing, uh, really. <laughs> That's a joke. Gives everything to the cause. <clears throat> anyway, right. So, what's happened this week? I've completely and utterly enjoyed not really watching it that much. Um, actually, speaking to farmers this week, they are concerned that this is actually worse than last year. I think they're measuring plantings this year. Yeah, plantings we're talking about. Yeah, sorry, plantings, yeah. So they're actually measuring their plantings this autumn compared to last year, which is actually quite dangerous because last year was one of their worst I've ever experienced anyway. Are they ahead, behind? Where are they at? I actually think they're they're probably behind. There's some people that haven't planted anything. I mean, it depends who you speak to. But in my opinion, actually, North Norfolk are behind. Yeah. Winter barley is really not in the ground. Right. Around Aylsham, I think they're probably up. Yeah. But East Norfolk, they're down. Because there's so much sugar beet or potatoes in the ground. What do you think, Benjamin? Yeah, I think Norfolk's behind where it was last year. Last year, obviously, most Norfolk farmers got stuff in the ground. This year, we seem to have been hit by the rain harder than the rest of the UK. Yeah, we did, definitely. We got the most rain, which is yeah. kind of fair, because large slices of you know Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire, Rutland didn't get anything in at all, did they? That's right. But in saying that, several people got on early, didn't they? Yeah. You yeah, know, some of the spud boys went out there and put wheat in very early. So that must have increased the tonnages. Yeah, I mean, I think sitting here now, anecdotally knowing what we know, the UK crop size will be bigger than it was last year. Mm-hmm. But it's going to come down to what's the carry out. And we're going to have two years of sub 14 million tonne crop. Yeah, now see, that is something, you know, as you know, despite my pretend holiday, I did actually have to come in for one day. And one of the conversations I had with a prominent uh, Suffolk farmer was the size of next year's crop. Now, I, I maintain it's bigger than this year's 9 to 10 million tonne crop. I think there there's not areas that's completely flooded out in the Midlands and there's a large slice of the country that's going to be planting it. So there will be more wheat but there won't be 16 million tonnes of wheat, which is what we were originally projecting with the prices where they were and that sort of guaranteed income for farmers. Yeah, definitely. And I think another telltale sign is that if a farmer called up today asking for 10 tonnes of gleam with latitude on or something, it would take three, four phone calls and you'd find it. Whereas normally this time of year, you'd be like, well, no, there's this on the floor, take it or leave it. But there's so many seed merchants have actually got a lot of stock and they're often quite quick to say how well they've done this year and how many more tonnes they've traded. For a year they're expected to have record wheat crop, there's still loads of it in the shed. So I don't think there's actually that much gone. So the biggest thing this week is the assessment of that so far. Although I understand the weather forecast week commencing the 3rd of November is dry. The weather forecast looks like two weeks of dry, but, you know... Well, it's not going to help the heavy land, is it? They might spray off the black grass and get spinning, but... Yeah, I mean, last year that worked. It's no guarantee it'll work again, is there? It's, uh... No, and I think the other thing we need to bear in mind is, is this the new normal? I mean, the Met Office have confirmed we are now going to have a La Nina in the spring, mm-hmm. which will be cooler and wetter. So, you know, what impact's that going to have? Yeah, that La Nina is, for the UK, I think that means the weather pattern changes. I think that it's mm-hmm. drier in the States and therefore... I think potentially next autumn could be a completely different autumn. We might have a completely different summer. We might actually turn the dryer on. That'd be an exciting moment for any store member, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, any store keeper, more to the point. 
poor old stores. So if that's the biggest issue that's gone on, the fact that is it in, isn't it in, that old phrase, Mm. what we can't assess is whether the weather from now on will be as bad all the way through. Because if it behaves itself for the second half of November and for December, then there will be catch-up. Last year, it just kept raining, 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 and no one got a chance to get on. But if we had a period where it did dry out, then we would catch up and the crop would get a lot bigger again, wouldn't it? So we can't write off the potential of enough wheat being planted. Yeah, that's bang on. Yeah, no two years are the same. No, and interesting to note that this week we have seen the states markets come down. Why have they come down? Because the weather patterns have improved, they've cracked on with the harvest. This is the corn harvest. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And the funds, I think, just can't keep riding the bull wave. They're still... Are they still long? Again, I've missed a lot of this. Yeah, they had a big sell-off in the middle of the week, which brought it back down to six cents. Yeah, they have sold a lot, but they're still fundamentally (laughs) long. A lot of that's due to some rain in the Black Sea, apparently, and some rain in the Southern Plains. But actually, after this actually relatively small amount of rain they would have had an inch over the last eight weeks of rain so um i think that you know if they do get some really cold short sharp cold snaps it could go up again actually to be honest yesterday i was very bearish to it and i was right for some of the day and then it sort of recovered and now i'm starting to feel mildly bullish to it again so ben are you naturally a bull or a bear oh that's a very good question i would say i'm naturally a bear Okay, Josh, what are you? I think I know what you are, but can we Probably on? a bull, yeah. <laughs> but I think actually more recently I've been I've been bearish to it and I've been wrong, so one doesn't conquer the other. It is a it is a plan. I am naturally bearish. I look at the market from the perspective of a farmer and the return that he's supposed to get. I think that way round because that's what my strength is. Our business trades with farmers needs them to get the market right. You need to see the risk and you need to feel the fear. So that mm. is my underlying bent. There are occasions when it becomes very clear that it's the opposite. I became capable of swapping my natural instincts to sell it and ride a bull market, as you say. I actually, at this point, on new crop, I don't see much downside. Even if it went dry for two weeks and people planted another 5%, the yield is already impacted. The stuff that's going to be spun on is not going to yield as well. There's no guarantees it will do as well as last year. And who the hell knows what the weather's going to do to the crop next year with La Nina going on. I think, well, the big issue for next year is you won't have that massive carryover going into the crop. So if you produce 12 to 13 million tonnes, that's break even and there isn't the extra carryover. Although, depending on what imports come in, that could fill the carryover. Yeah, but at the moment, I don't think we've imported enough. I know the ports are Yeah, busy. we haven't. Yeah, we haven't. So the pricing of it is a bit expensive at the moment. And since the tender of wheat futures this last week, we went in with 19,100 tonnes initially, and we put another couple of thousand tonnes in since. But slightly worried about the Chinese spying on us, actually. What do you think about that for an idea? Do you think they've been spying on us? Where's that come from? Yeah, I, I don't I haven't read this story. Kofco. Oh. Kofco tendered wheat out of Harwich and Ipswich. Do you think China have been on the gun? Hang on, let's look for successful models here. Yeah, they must have looked at the Dewing Grain model and thought, brilliant. Yeah. That's what they've been buying all that Why? stock for, isn't it? Why didn't I buy Dewing Grain? We've just mm. done our year-end figures and we will be declaring a profit. And uh, the point about tendering is, you know, Kofco traditionally have been exporting like crazy out of Harwich and Ipswich. Mm. And all of a sudden we haven't got that market. And it is the best thing to do. I was surprised ADM didn't do a similar tender out of Great Yarmouth. 
Mm. It makes money in this area because there is not enough consumption for the amount of wheat. But because of the volume of tenders that came into the market, all of a sudden the buyers have disappeared for the free Christmas market, haven't they? They now know they've got wheat available to them. Yeah, yeah. And there's quite a bit still to shift, so... Yeah, and most... I would have thought there would have been a... There's, there's enough people calling the top of the market. I mean, we put our thing out, tops and bottoms of a fools in the, on our app, and there's a few people who've called this recent peak. In their opinion, it's the peak, certainly pre-Christmas. And I think a number of farmers have listened to that. There definitely has been some trade going on, hasn't there? Yeah, no, there has, actually. And me and Webby were having a discussion yesterday that... I don't know how much old crop wheat is to buy, really. How much that normally in the normal year you go right, this someone's got this much or, or whatever. I think a lot of it's been sold. So into the new year, after the November big month has finished, I think it's going to be a struggle for merchants and for mills to be able to buy physical wheat. Yeah, physical wheat is always king in a year where it's tight. So never, ever, ever go short of physical wheat. You can be short of selling something else, mm. but don't be short of physical wheat because short and caught. Yeah, you'll never recover from that. No. I mean, there's there's still some open position to be tendered. It's very interesting to see there weren't any Scottish tenders. Yeah. There's some from Skegness, Union Grain, which which they always come in, and that's that's great. But everyone was expecting the borders. There's traditionally a whole load of stuff comes from Jamaican up there. That hasn't come in. Is that lurking in the background? And the two or three stores in Kent, are they going to be letting some grain into the, you know, what's holding them back is the question. Yeah, what is holding them back? Maybe they've got too much money. Maybe they think, I'll just keep hold of it. I'm not going to let anybody else have it. It's mine. Yeah. Maybe they think there's still a squeeze. I, I mean, one assumes they have a short position on the futures. If they haven't, who else would be the short? Yeah, That's the, which that, has been the thing we've been asking well, ourselves for a while. Well, futures traded at 190, didn't it? It got yeah. up to 190. Yeah. We sold five lots. Yay! <laughs> Very true. Right, now, actually, before we forget, I've got a couple of things. Mm -hmm. So this will go out on Monday, this Mm -hmm. podcast. Who's won the election? Oh, no, it's on the Tuesday, isn't it? The third. Well, you bet with everybody who's prepared to give you money that Biden is going to win. I've bet Biden wins. Yeah. And 80% of the office have gone against me. I think he had... um, It was harder for Donald Trump to win last time when he won. I think you've got to forget the silent majority have brought some strange things out of the last few elections, of all sorts of elections. You don't think Donald can cheat on the counting and say the postal votes Well, he's tried all sorts, hasn't he? And this, you know, drive-through voting us rigged. He is not going to go quietly. He even will if still he, be in the, yeah. in the Oval Office. He'll still complain even if he lost, but I just, I wouldn't be surprised even if he won. Anyway, what effect will it have? What will happen to the market post election day in america well that is the thing it'll be what happens to the dollar Mm -hmm. are the financial guys going to see biden as stable and steady in which case the dollar should get stronger or are they going to think biden is a i mean he's not a left-wing radical he's a 77 year old man Hmm. you know who's been around the block a lot that used to sound really old to me (laughs) doesn't sound too bad (laughs) I think the other thing about Donald Trump is he's always he's very bullish to the US economy all of the time. And whatever people think of him, he has done quite a lot for the country in regards commercially. to... Commercially. Commercially, yeah. So he, I think that that in itself... If stocks someone else got and in, the dollar, will, they'll drop. It'll go, with if, Donald, if, Biden, if Donald's voted out and Biden yeah, I in, think so. there will be a, a reaction. 
within the FTSE and the NASDAQ. Even when this house would burn down, Donald Trump would probably ignore him and just say it's a bit hot or something. <laughs> but that's about it. But he'll, he'll still go, no, we'll bounce back from this, we'll do that. And then people believe it and go out and spend money. And well, he's it's the power of positive thinking. He absolutely does believe in the power of positive thinking. He's got that old boy who's his guru. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for it, you know, if you can yeah. just carry on. I think we all ought to go down that route, actually, a bit of positive thinking. Well, I think we have all got positive thinking in this office. Not quite as positive as Donald, though. We can't turn a complete no, blind eye, can we? Yeah. So with, with the American election is going to have an impact. That's going to have an impact on our prices. In what way? It'll be how Biden decides to tackle the China issue. That has dominated American agriculture dominated it Mm. and admittedly the chinese are have been buying record amounts of corn so he can't make any difference on that can he because they're only buying record amounts of corn and that's because what their sheds are empty well this is it yeah it's all rotted in their sheds haven't they but the state grain reserves won't admit it the pig herd has gone restocking mad and they're they're buying 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 like crazy is that going to dry up that's another question isn't it well i think it will i did read in one report someone did say don't forget, export sales can be cancelled easily. Right. Now... Well, even though they're about 20 quid lower than the market. Well, the export sales, so whoever's yeah. made the sale can go, well, I'm not doing it. Well, whoever's bought it, as in the Chinese, could easily say... So they don't want it. Actually, we'll cancel that. Yeah, but they're not likely to if it's cheap, because <clears> at the moment, it's whatever they've bought is cheap. I don't know, it depends how much they bought last week, doesn't it? Because the core market's edged off since then. Yeah, True. Well, the dynamic of the Chinese buying is very much in the background and the unknown. Even the the biggest companies have got an assessment of it, an analysis of it, Mm. but they don't know the answer to it. And if that continues, if they keep stocking and stocking up, ready for World War III or whatever they're doing, then, you know, it is going to keep the prices on a very bullish run. Well, and the other thing to bear in mind is, of course, farmer retention in the Black Sea and the Ukraine. That is still going on. Well, allegedly, a lot of those guys had sales and then they reneged on them because the price went up and now they've sold some of that back. They've still got more to trade. Yeah. Um, the people who were originally the buyers of that product have had to chase the market and that's some of the sum that's pushed the market up. To me, there's lots of reasons why the market, if you looked at the pure maths of it, could kind of level out and sort itself out and ease back a bit. And and if we talk about specifically old crop, I think old crop has got some room to move down a bit in the UK. We're too high relative to everybody else. And yes, we've still got to import some stuff, but there's enough liquidity in the market now to keep it kind of supplied. So I do think old crop wheat is going to ease back for a period of time. But it is October. And when we hear this, it's November the 3rd. That is a long way before the end of the year or the first wheat is cut next harvest. So there is definitely going to be another squeeze where farmers or the people who are long of the stuff won't sell it. I'm sure of that, but it's, I think it has to drop first. Well, of course, next week it is the final negotiations of Brexit. Oh, Brexit, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sure they're just crossing the T's and dotting the I's on this deal, and they've, got, they've always had it all along. So. What, so what exactly will the deal encompass, do you think? Sink a few French fishing boats? Um, fishing is obviously a key factor. I mean, the fact that fishing is 0.01% of GDP, and even if it times 10 is 0.1, it's pretty crazy. Obviously been a big, big factor in the vote. So, yeah, probably sink a few fishing votes. God knows what's next, really. I think, personally, we'll probably end up bringing food into the UK because no con- no government's ever turned down cheap food. Yeah, I think you're right, Josh. I think key to it will be 
Can the UK import cheaper food from elsewhere in the world without having EU tariffs applied to it? And the direct effect on our industry is therefore, in the long run, lower prices for UK farmers. Bearish, yep. But short term, it's not relevant. No, uh, no, short term, definitely not. But then also if they're pushing for these rewilding the countryside because they're trying to save bee populations, the UK government and lots of sad UK consumers won't care if we're getting God knows what from Ukraine, even if it kills all their bees and everything. That's not the point. No, no, I, absolutely. That is the underlying misery of it all, isn't it? But that's a very good point. The rewilding, the elms, all of the things that farmers are going to do to gain subsidy is going to eat into agricultural land. So as we go ahead, you know, 16 million tonne wheat crops won't be a thing of the future. Our supply and demand will be much closer to 12, 13 million tonnes annually. It will be an annual thing where we're tight on stocks. Yeah, and I think the other thing it brings into focus is domestic food security. We are not going to have domestic food security. I should call you a Ramona now or something, shouldn't I, or a, a scaremonger? It's not horrendous, you know. I mean, back in the early 19th century, we were net food importers, no problems there. We just cracked on and had our empire and imported everything we wanted and happy days. Hmm. We then decided to focus a bit more on domestic food security and we now seem to be going full circle potentially. Well, I'm totally sure we can. the world trades very large cargoes of commodities, as we know, and we've got deep water ports we can import it into, and it's not a problem. I think the issue is our core customer base, our core business plan. This industry has, by definition, got to shrink because of it. Should we as a business, should the industry be looking at alternative ways of making a living? You know, grain trading is one thing, but it's a smaller and smaller crop. So what does that mean? Less farmers? Yes. Which means less merchants. Do we, are we, in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? It's a question. I'm asking you two that. Do you think I should retrain as a plumber? Well, looking at the way you reversed the van, I don't think you're the most (laughs) practical man. No, there'd be leaks everywhere, Ben. (laughs) To be fair, I was actually looking for a plumber yesterday. There are six people and only one person came back with someone. So, yeah, probably. (laughs) Well, you'd let Ben do the plumbing. (laughs) I wouldn't let Ben do the plumbing. I'd get Niall to do the plumbing. Yeah, maybe Niall. Um, But joking aside, we've got a plan. We've got a a system. We we live in an area where a niche product is traded and we're experts in that field. It's, it's a cornerstone that gives us strength. We're unfortunately reducing our staff numbers, you know, that because costs need to be cut. And it's the first time we've had to do that as a business. Despite the fact we made a profit last year, it's going to be tougher. This year's crop is so small. The merchanting industry are in a muddle. There's no toys about it. Yeah. There's not money being made. So that something's got to give, hasn't it? And I think the whole of this industry is about to get the most awful big shake and, and especially the grain trade, it's, it's just going to become, hopefully not just corporate, but it's getting tough. It's teetering on the edge of corporate, isn't it? Yeah, well, which is possibly, you know, other countries. D- Denmark has just three buyers, mm. mainly predominantly two, seems to function reasonably well. Mind you, there's a, there's a major slice of that, it's cooperative. So will there be a cooperative sector re-emerging from the, from the ashes? The UK farmer certainly needs to sort its shit out to get itself together because if it doesn't turn around and actually do the equivalent of having quotas like the old milk marketing board and stuff like that then I think they're going to just be rolled over and spat out they need to gain some strength by working together 
it's up to them. They, they, they might as well wait until they do actually get a little bit poor and then, and then start reacting, I guess. That will, that will motivate them. Yeah, yeah, I suppose lack of income is a motivator, definitely, isn't it? So, um, well, so yeah. what else have I missed? Anyway, so the, the market-wise, the world, you know, is there something happening in South America? Is there something happening in... Um, no, Brazil's had a few issues, but they actually seem to have slowed or come off the pitch slightly. It's mostly been on Black Sea region and Chinese buying or lack of in the last couple of weeks and such funds doing what they're doing. So today it'll be interesting to see where we go and where we go into next week. I think it's on a knife edge at the moment, in my opinion. Well, and the other thing is, again... You can't sell anything pre-Christmas, really. You no, speak, not you, no, speak, you, can't, no. you speak to brokers, there's no buyers. Mm. So the market seems to have gone into its Christmas lull early. Well, look, there's been a very long period of no sellers, haven't there? Now all of a sudden there's no buyers because the poor buggers who've been smashed into having to pay more money than they wanted to. I mean, 190 on non-futures is nuts. It's an enormous amount of money. Yeah. You know, farmers might think, oh, yes, it's worth that much. No, it isn't. It's grown a lot cheaper than that in lots of other countries. And it, it takes away the poverty plead as well, doesn't it? You know, we're, oh, we're worse off. No, you're not. You talk about your lower yield, but don't forget to mention the bigger increase in price. This is a market that's gone your way. Don't get overconfident with it. You know, if you're looking at 180-something X farm for feed wheat leading up any time up to next June, in my opinion, that is a sell. It'll probably go over 200, God knows. But what exactly were we waiting for? What exactly? When you, when you step away from it and don't trade it on a daily basis, you have a few days off and you're walking around down a lane and you're having to have a think about the world, the reflection of the price being up there is like, come on, do something about it. And I sincerely hope most of you have acted. We've certainly highlighted that you should be. So, I mean, the danger of this podcast is you stick your neck out and say this and then obviously something happens later down the line we've we're yet to be really called out on a terrible call on it but i cannot see something that will push old crop wheat through 200 pounds a ton no i agree it would have to be a massive bit of world news to really rally it and what would that news be i don't know russia bans exports yeah <sighs> anyway knows? this is the best thing about having somebody not in the room is we can talk about them oh no yeah so where's webby today if it flies, it dies. <laughs> He's in a very dangerous situation, I understand. He's being attacked by little feather-covered creatures. And he needs to protect himself, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. So yeah. He's, he's actually gone out there to do the uh, traditional autumn thing. Yeah, he's gone shooting. I'm sure he's having a great time, actually. He's very excited. We did ask him yesterday if he's spending time with his daughter. And he goes, huh, I spent too much time with her already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the highlight when he yeah. said... I spend too much time with Tiggy. I'm going shooting. <laughs> so Webby's throwing up a wall of lead. Well, he's going to be... I think he's ready for a bit of a blowout, isn't he? And having a bit of a sesh. Yeah, I think he is. I think we all are, actually, to be fair. So I'm a little bit envious on... on I mean, the... the problem with Ian is he needs to wear glasses, but I don't think he'll wear them while he's shooting. Yeah, well, he's going to pepper the beaters, as his other <laughs> words to me, to be fair. <laughs> Do you think his mates are good enough to tell him that he's actually sh- sh- shot some of the beaters? <laughs> they probably won't mind, really. <laughs> so, poor old Tiggy will be at home wondering where Daddy is. Yeah. Daddy will be out there having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, she won't see him until tomorrow lunchtime either, will she? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with that, I guess... Um, well, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your holiday, Andrew. Yeah, well, I will. I've got the market report to do, which will be, when the market opens, I'll have a look at that. 
and that'll be the front end of this. I don't need to talk about the wheat market. We've already done it. Yeah, that's about it, really. There right. isn't any more to say, is there? No. Right. Thank no. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.